0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once, because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched. And it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look but do not see and hear but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You shall indeed hear, but not understand. You shall indeed look, but never see. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. Amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it. And the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy. But he has no roots and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word. But then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruits and yields a hundred or sixty or thirty 30fold. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you haven't already, make sure you grab the parish bulletin. There's a great photo on the front of it, which it's a beautiful story, and I want to explain the context of that photo. It was taken this last on the first friday of the month we have a beautiful practice here at our parish we have a deep devotion to the sacred heart of jesus so every first friday after the morning eight o'clock mass we expose the lord in a monstrance for eucharistic adoration from after the morning mass all the way through until the evening mass at 7 pm so on every first friday saint mary's becomes a powerhouse of prayer and peace it's an oasis here and so this photo was taken right after mass and we had exposed the Lord upon the altar and then one of our parishioners and she'll be embarrassed when she realizes she made the parish bulletin by the way if you ever make the parish bulletin in the future you know you've made it in life Hmm. her name is Cecilia Vega she comes up, and she kneels in front of the, the front step of the sanctuary, and then her, her son, her youngest, he's probably around eight, nine, comes up directly behind her, and he, and he was in tears because he was miserable. You can tell his mom dragged him to church. Good. So he comes up and kneels next to his mom and lays his head, his tired head, on her arm, And that's when the photo was taken. So it wasn't staged. I didn't tell her to pose or anything else. It was a beautiful, authentic moment in the life of the Vega family. This little boy does not realize it yet. But his mom is giving him the greatest gift any parent can offer their child the greatest. And it is faith in Jesus Christ. There is no greater gift as parents that we could pass down to future generations. And Cecilia is watering this gift in her son's life right here. In the famous story today in the gospel, we have the parable of the sower. Jesus is standing in front of a crowd of thousands, perhaps thousands. We're not quite sure the number, but it said it was such a large crowd that Jesus had to get into a boat just to keep the crowds at bay. You can imagine there would have been thousands of people, because remember at this time, Jesus is healing people left and right. And if you can imagine, if there was some doctor in the United States that had the power to heal every disease and sickness, do you think that doctor's office would be crowded? Millions of people would flock to that doctor from across the world to go to him or her. Same thing with Jesus. So imagine thousands were pressing upon him. And he takes this moment, as every good teacher, he uses a metaphor. We all have a seed in us, planted at our baptism, every single one of us. We are one of these four seeds, by the way. We all either fall in one of these categories, every single person on earth that has been baptized, we fall in one of these four categories. And every time I hear this gospel, I get a little flashback back into my college days. So, of course, as, as I've shared in the past, I've, I did my undergrad at UC Davis. And like many college students, when you're, you're, when you're in college, you try to find a roommate. And one day I was looking for a roommate, and I thought, Ah, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go to the local Catholic student group on campus. Because there, you know, the, the students are usually nice in the Catholic group. So I thought oh, I'd go to the, one of the prayer meetings. And sure enough, I went to one of the prayer meetings on campus, and I would meet my future roommate named Bert. And we hit it off immediately because here we were we were both catholic and we were growing in our faith and myself and he we became part of an apartment and we lived in a three-bedroom apartment in west davis with seven other young men (laughs) yes it was that disgusting in that apartment if you can imagine seven young men away from their parents for the first time in their lives You should have seen our kitchen it was pretty impressive we had a a towering sink full of dishes that left unclean for months it was pretty spectacular and bert and i we were the only two catholics in that apartment we'd pray together we'd sit around the living room he taught me how to play the guitar we'd sing praise and worship songs late into the night We go to Mass together, because at UC Davis they offer a 7 p.m. Mass for the students on Sunday. We go to retreats together. We were on fire for the Lord. But then senior year came. As I started to discern the path to the priesthood, Bert started to date an atheist, and he was unprepared to defend his faith against her questions. And not only that, but he started to notice the hypocrisy of some of our friends in our Catholic group. He would see our friends. We, we would go to mass on Sundays. Pray, doing all the prayers that we normally do. But then, during the week, their lives weren't in conformity with the gospel. And when you start to notice a hypocrisy with somebody who goes to church, and then their lives during the week does not correlate with that, it, it leaves you with, with, with the disgust. He would eventually fall away to this point now he hates the church he's become a successful pediatrician in a hospital in the bay area we're still friends to this day but he mocks us relentlessly makes fun of us especially our teachings and so whenever i hear this gospel i think wow What happened to us? We were singing praise and worship songs in our apartment living room, praying the rosary together, going to mass together, and then now you hate the church? Which seed is my old college roommate? He's the second one, isn't he? He's the one who hears the word of God and we both receive it with joy. But then it lacks root and it lasts only for a time, Jesus says, because the tribulation and persecution because of the word falls away. You see, the first two types of seed here in the gospel, they're not in here in this church. The first two seeds falling on the different soils, the first two they're not here in the church they've already stopped coming to mass they don't go to church anymore they're gone but it's the third one which as practicing Catholics here which we have to pay very special attention to because Jesus says the third seed which falls on this type of soil it says it grows absolutely it's growing but it bears no fruit so this is, this is the Christian who's still coming to church, absolutely, but they're not producing an abundant harvest. Why? And Jesus gives us two reasons why, which limits the growth of this particular seed in the life of this soul. The first, the seed that is sown among thorns is the one who hears the word of God But worldly anxiety chokes it, stops it from growing. Another way to translate this from worldly anxiety would be the anxiety of our present age. That's the connotation it has. So in other words, the reason why this plant can't grow is because this person is worried, fearful, constantly about this present state of the world, the worried about politics, about who's going to be elected in the next election, the' worried about the economy, and as we all are in some way, especially during this time period, is so uneasy. We're worried about our kids, we're worried about our, our bills, we're worried about family members. We have all the other many anxieties that life throws at us. And so the reason why this sea cannot grow in the midst of this worldly anxiety of the present age is because this is a person living in fear. And that Jesus tells us that opposite ways that love, perfect love, casts out all fear. And so if a person is living in fear, constantly worried about the world, that person cannot love fully. They cannot love because we're we're preoccupied with many, many things that we cannot control. We cannot control politics. We cannot control the economy. We cannot control what family members do in their lives. And so this soul is constantly fearful and stops the growth of faith. And then the second reason why in this type of soil that the the seed does not grow. Jesus says the lure of riches. That word lure in the original Greek is very telling. It's in Greek is agnate and it has a connotation of being enamored with the illusion of riches. That's that's what the that's the sense of this word. Is that they're constantly in their life they want to keep accumulating more money bigger houses faster cars nicer clothes and what this person is is preoccupied with again it is not wrong to be wealthy again do not mishear me we should strive for excellence constantly in our lives and especially in our professional lives there's nothing wrong with being rich and successful absolutely but If our hearts are too attached to the things of the world, they will eventually fade away. That word, agnate, the lure of riches, is like smoke. Because if you think about it, no matter how successful we are on Earth, we're taking none of that with us. When we stand before judgment, before God, he doesn't care about our bank accounts, or what type of house we live in. None of that matters in the end. We're judged on love, as St. Augustine tells us. And so this particular second distraction is a person who's disorderly in love with the goods of the world. and So the word bears no fruit in their life. And then now the fourth. This soil is the one which we should all be striving for. This soil, as our Jesus says, is that the seed now falls on the ground here, and this particular soil begins to to grow with abundant fruit and yields 160 and 30-fold. And for us who live here in Vacaville, this particular soil should mean a lot to us. It's amazing. Do you realize here in Vacaville, and I've discovered it since I've been here with a year, we live in such an abundant place. Everything grows here, by the way. And I met so many of you guys. You guys are are amazing gardeners. My house is overflowing with fruits and vegetables, by the way, from all of you. Every time I come to the house, it's it's packed with oranges and lemons, citrus beyond imagination. I will never be sick again in this town, huh? Because so many of you are amazing gardeners. And so let's From our perspective, from living here in Vacaville, let's move our analogy now, because I think it means a lot for us. So this fruit which bears amazing, amazing harvest. So all of us, when we have a garden in our house, is it enough to simply plant the seed in the soil in the garden and walk away from it and expect a few months later to reap a harvest? No! Every gardener in here knows if you want an amazing garden, an award-winning garden, What do we got to do? You got to work hard. You got to be attentive to the garden. And there are three ways that every gardener knows. If we want to harvest, we got to do three things. First, we got to pull the weeds out. Don't we? If you want those tomatoes, we got to kill those weeds. And so where in the spiritual life is the equivalent of killing weeds? Right there. (laughs) That room, my brothers and sisters, is the greatest weed killer. In that room, in the confessional. Because what happens in the confessional? We go in there, souls come in there, we say, Lord, Father, I haven't been to confession in a while, I got all of these weeds in my life. And as priests, we get to pluck those weeds. So once we remove the weeds, once we go to confession, oh, the plant now can grow. Second, every gardener knows we need to water the plant. Now, is it enough, using this analogy and continuing it, is it enough to water our gardens here in the heat of Vacaville one time a week? What happens if we water our, our tomato plants one time a week? They'll stay alive. Absolutely, they'll live but it'll limp. (laughs) It'll look sad, won't it? And so we water our plants multiple times a week. This is the soul that is praying constantly, not just on Sundays. This is the soul like Cecilia Vega on the photo of the bulletin. This is the soul that is constantly being nourished by the water of prayer, the water of adoration, the water of praying the rosary, the water of reading their Bible and meditating upon the Word of God. We need to be praying throughout the week, not just for the hour on Sunday, if we want to bear fruit. Third, And the last award-winning gardener will always do. The gardener knows that we need the best soil we can get our hands on. And there is no greater soil in the spiritual life than the Holy Eucharist. The Eucharist is Jesus himself. And he offers himself to every single soul, at every single mass, to radically transform us from within. The soul in rich soil is one who receives the Lord reverently in this state of grace. And so I want to encourage, if your schedule allows it, come to daily Mass throughout the week, not just on Sundays. And receive the Lord, especially in the week, because during the week, it's a little simpler. Mass is shorter, and it's quieter, and it's more reverent, because it's not as busy as on a Sunday. And it is to that end, I want to announce, is that we're going to add an early Mass to the daily, weekly schedule. Because if I'm going to encourage you to come to Mass during the week, well, I need to uphold my end of the bargain. Because I, I, I pulled up all of the mass times throughout all the churches in the area here. I looked at St. Joseph's, their mass is at 8.15. I looked at Dixon and St. Peter's, their mass is around 8 o'clock. Mount Carmel, the same thing. I, looked, I even looked at Holy Spirit in Fairfield. None of us have an early mass. And so if you have a regular job, a, re- a regular morning job in the evening, or if you go to school, you don't have an opportunity to really go to mass and to make it to work or school on time. And so, happy to say, we're going we're to we're launch it. We'll, we'll let you know when we'll officially begin it. But right now, I'm looking into every Wednesday, we're going to add a 6.30 a.m. mass. And I'm willing to get up early and lose sleep in order to provide the sacraments to those who want to receive it before they go to work or school. Or I'll assign Father Reggie to the 6.30 a.m. mass. Huh? No, I'll be there as well. Because when we receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, we are transformed. Oh, I guarantee you, every modern saint has a profound love and devotion for the Holy Eucharist. You will find them on their knees during the week before Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. And when we do those three things, pulling out the weeds of confession, nourishing our spiritual life with prayer, And adoration and reading the Word of God in the Bible and coming to frequent daily Mass. We will become the fourth type of seed in this soil. And Jesus will look upon us and through us, we will bear fruit a hundred, sixty, and a thirty fold.